welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. We are so happy to be here in Seattle in the studio looking at my pal Eric directly. <laughs> Good afternoon, <laughs> Susan. Very great. Uh, very nice to see you again in person. It's so good to be in the studio. We know the sound is better. We know, you know, <laughs> it's cozier. Yeah. But uh, as you said, the, the KKNW just will not fly me up every week. Well, I'm sorry about I that. Know. <laughs> We've got our budget restraints, especially during uh, the, this time of COVID, you know. Yeah, so. I know. It's, it's like all the places you call it. Due to COVID, there's a delay in answering your call. No, there yeah. was a delay in answering my <laughs> call before COVID. You're just using that as an excuse. Hey, it's a good excuse, though. So, no, yeah. it just annoys me. But, <laughs> but then you know how that. So, what's special about today? Well, there's lots of things special about today. We're right smack dab in the middle of October, which is yes. nice. But also, I, I believe we're celebrating a special date yes. as well. It's our seventh anniversary. Woo! <laughs> so, well, actually, we started on on the 18th of October, uh, 2013. Yeah, seven years. Lucky, seven years. Lucky number seven. Se- lucky number seven is 2020 vision. And as we know, the reason I'm in the studio is I had eye surgery on Monday. Yes. And you're looking good. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Apparently, the surgery didn't work, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment. The other thing that's cool about, and also this is part one of our anniversary special. Yes. Because we're going to have part two next week. That's right. We're going to hear from many of the supporters of the show. Right. And not all of them. I mean, we've had some great people oh, of course on in not. seven I mean, years. Countless supporters. Mar- marvelous yeah. people. And countless guests. And count, we could count them, but we it would could, be but difficult. We're not doing that. We're Due not. to COVID. Due to we COVID, are, we are unable to count. We're unable to count. <laughs> but it's also the new moon today. So right in the middle of our show, at 1231 or 32, uh, we go into the, that's the exact time of the new moon. So just, just, just saying, just saying. So the new moon uh, is 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 us. The new, new moon is us. Is that? Yeah, I don't know. Toys are us. New there moon. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, this is. I think this is really cool. Uh, one of the other things astrologically that I find interesting: Mars and Mercury are both retrograde. Mars, you love this. Mars will go direct on November thirteenth. And Mercury goes direct on Election Day, November the 3rd. I don't know. Is there some significance? I mean, will communication start to get better after the election? Well, you're far yeah. more into astrology than me. So you you tell me, what does that uh, typically indicate as far as— uh, Well, Mercury is communication, mm-hmm. and it's talking, you know, like um, people— misunderstand each other more readily when Mercury is retrograde. What's that? What? No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. So, so I I would think Mercury's been retrograde for almost four years. It feels like it for <laughs> it feels sure. Like it, yeah. So, um, it you know it can be, but it, it is. It's about communications and retro, you know, and mm-hmm. all that. But it also will impact more. Uh, Cheryl, our wonderful astrologer. Yep. Um. It's about in different signs. So if Mercury is in one particular sign and that happens to be your sun or your rising or, you know, or or your moon, it will have more of an impact on you than it will on somebody else. Interesting. So that's interesting, I thought, too. Yeah. So she's been doing good. I've, uh, you know, after the surgery, I was blurry and I I really want to do a special, (laughs) very blurry for a day. I really wanted to do a special shout-out for uh, Alana Baird, uh, Jessica Baird. She took care of me and really took care of me well. I honestly don't know how I could have gotten through the day without her because um, I had to take the eye drops every hour, and I couldn't read the directions. (laughs) So it was a really, you know, really. Nurse Jessica, I called her because she was there Right on top of everything. Wouldn't let me do anything, which makes me crazy. 
but I couldn't. So it was really good to have somebody that, that was that insistent on taking care of me. So, yay, I have good friends. Uh, so um, I just thought it would be interesting turn of events with Mercury going direct on Election Day. And, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to be positive no matter what happens. Uh, that, and remember this. Being positive, remember, love always conquers hate. Sometimes it takes longer than we would like, but love will always, always conquer hate. And just keep that in mind. No matter what what you see happening, that's going to happen. But, you know, there is one other person that I definitely have to do um, a shout-out for, and that's Eric. I don't know how I would have done this show all these years without you, uh, you have been just absolutely wonderful for me to work with. Uh, you anticipate my stupidity. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't know about that, but <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment for you sure. Know, you do. And, and songs. I, occasionally I'll suggest music, but I never have to suggest it. You, you pick out better than I would have the songs. So We you, definitely have fun with music on this yeah, show. Yeah, we and do. You pick some great stuff, and I... I I try and uh, tie in, uh, you know, our songs uh, that we pick for bumper music with what we're talking about. And uh, I have a lot of fun with that. So I appreciate you giving me the creative freedom to do that. Well, you know, I really, honestly, I believe everyone should have creative freedom. And I try to practice that in my life with, with other people, that those things are important and we need to give each other the people we work with, we have to give them space to be themselves and do that and have the opportunity to, you know, to make things better. Yeah. And you always do. And thank you. Well, just, thank you. I want to publicly thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Appreciate so, you know, that. It really, it really does make a, a, make a difference to me, you know, because you don't think you are, but you're brilliant. You're brilliant. You're a musician, too, so that I think that helps. It doesn't hurt, I guess. No, I think musicians like music. You, yes. Most of the musicians <laughs> I've known, they'll say, well, what genre? And they're like, oh, I like all kinds of music. Yeah, it would be a bad idea to be a musician that didn't like music. <laughs> <laughs> I think there must be some that, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's a very positive show. It's a very positive show. Absolutely. So we had so many call, people call and, and want to do it. In fact, we had to turn down. A number of people that wanted because we couldn't stretch it into three days, and uh, we today we wanted to have Joe Garner, uh, you know, do his because he did an he did a long one. Well, actually, it was shorter than it could have been. I mean, <laughs> because he and I were talking so so much. That's right. I had to trim this down a little bit. Uh, I know. Because it was a full show, and I yeah. know you wanted to uh, have some time to talk here. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was really good. So I I did want to you know say it's been wonderful for me to be on this show, and I'm starting this new project, Gold Ghosts and Geronimo. Yeah, know. and you you've uh, talked about that quite a bit right. on the show uh, already. You've done um, a few shows focusing on this. Right. Now what I what I'm it seems like you're you're doing a podcast. You've talked about it on the show and you're interviewing these very interesting people. Um is the end goal a book or a film or what's yes. okay all, all <laughs> the above? All the above. Okay, cool. Yeah, we want to do we want to do a film. Uh we're we're videoing uh, too as well as a recording. I mean, there are some fascinating people out there. I, I'm actually going to be in a documentary about a guy who has the claim on a mine that was the Lost Dutchman's Mine, he says. Okay, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, and what you got, what got you interested in this? Is it just being down in well, Arizona I, in this kind of this no, territory? No, I was never interested in treasure hunting. Right. But I met this guy for lunch uh, who's uh, Babe Noss's great nephew. And we, he started talking about this, and I was seeing it visually, psychically, and I could smell the cave. I could see in there, and I could see the whole thing. I just started rattling all this stuff off. It was just amazing what I was getting, and I just got sucked in. <laughs> and I love it. 
And it's so fascinating to me, and I've been doing this psychic stuff with my daughter Heather and with my friend Leanda De Leon, De Leona. Uh, we've been doing this, and and it's so funny how the psychic stuff works because Steve will say things like, well, uh, when you see the cowboy, ask him such and such. And I'm like, uh, it doesn't work like that. You know, I mean, it's very, it's very fluid. I'll give you an example. All three of us were seeing horses, lots and lots of horses, just continuously seeing horses. When I finally got the, the name, well, Leanda got it, that, uh, I'm not pronouncing her name, Luzon. She was the sister of Victorio. Uh, she was arrested with Geronimo and taken to Alabama where she died. Uh, she, her name means stealer of horses. And so she was trying to communicate with us by telling us her name, but we didn't recognize that it meant stealer of horses. So do you see how, that, how it works? Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's nebulous sometimes, like we're getting all these visions of horses, and that's her name, stealer of horses. So, you know, that, that kind of thing. And uh, we have a, an Apache elder who told the most wonderful story about her, uh, you know, dragging this stump through the desert for miles, you know. The, and uh, so we'll be playing that. That's an amazing story. You know, so really good stuff. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we're starting with the Apache stories, but we're moving to other tribes as well. Uh, cool. Yeah. Because the, the white man's versions of these stories aren't telling it like it is. So we believe we have to bring our truth to it. Well, if you're talking about history, you know, there's, uh, there's always more than one uh, interpretation That's of right. the, the facts, so to speak. The, the so facts. It's always <laughs> nice to hear both sides. Or many sides. Like, or many sides, You know, yes. the Apache were stealing from the Mexicans who were stealing right. from the, you know, the <laughs> Buffalo soldiers. and the, the, the blah, 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 blah. They were all, you know, everybody sure. was uh, out for it. So it's very, very interesting. And when you think of is gold about power or is it about spirituality? And that is a, a, a major difference in how, the, in how that begins. So anyway, it's fascinating to me, and I'm really, really involved in that. And, uh, you know, and some old friends have, you know, reappeared from the crystal business. You know, I was in minerals for a long time, which is amazing. You know, it all kind of ties in. So anyway, all of this is going along beautifully, and uh, we'll uh, we'll play we'll play uh, the interview with um, Joe Garner. Joe Garner. Yeah. And uh, I want to congratulate them on their, their new baby coming. I also want to congratulate them on the fact that they have chosen not to do a gender thing that they will not know until the birth of the child. So they're not going to do a gender reveal party. Oh, thank God. There's been I'm so, so many sick of that. <laughs> stories I mean, really, of those going wrong. Give me gifts. <laughs> yeah, but also you, you heard about the uh, the folks that set uh, caused a fire right. down in California fireworks. with their fireworks Yeah, yeah for ridiculous. their gender reveal party. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not yeah. a good idea. No. So anyway, I, I congratulate them on both the, the baby and uh, they're, they're two-year-old, and I congratulate them on doing it the old-fashioned way and just waiting to see who they get. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a surprise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing because, yeah, why not? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that baby needs the, the pink paint or the blue paint on their walls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yellow works. Yeah, you can. Green works, you know. <laughs> Purple is good. <laughs> so, anyway, we have, uh, you know, a lot of things, as we all know, are happening uh, politically right now. And I am choosing to stay positive. I, I did look at CNN, and they did the, the dueling of uh, town halls. <laughs> yes, yeah. Last night, uh, uh, I believe it was last night. Or night before. Or the night before. I don't uh, remember. Yeah, I didn't catch either blurred. of them, so it tells me. Not just my <laughs> vision is blurred. I believe it was last night, but uh, uh, Donald Trump held a uh, town hall on NBC, and Joe Biden had a, a town hall on ABC. Um, and it, it was interesting because this was originally scheduled to be the date of the the second presidential debate, 
but Trump backed out of that debate. So then Joe Biden booked the uh, the town hall. And then, well, Trump decided, well, he's got to have a town hall, too. If, at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. So Which is so it was competing. stupid. So in a way, it's interesting because you could flip back and forth between the two if you're remote and just see the staunchest, uh, you know, differences in style and, you know, uh, approach to, you know, the presidency uh, between the two of them, you know. Right. Yeah, uh, the presidency uh, as a an authoritarian, uh, you know. Sure. I'm going to jail all of my opponents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I I I I like the fact that uh, CNN they got Biden on a couple of fact checks. Sure. Uh, not as many as Trump, and not quite as blatant. To be, still, to be fair to, to be both fair. of them, when you're speaking off the cuff, you know, and you don't know what the questions are going to be, it's easy to misspeak. But the it's pretty obvious when somebody is blatantly lying, blatantly lying yeah, uh, uh, constantly. And this is Trump. This is, you know, I think even his supporters would agree that he lies uh, constantly. They would chalk it up to, well, him just speaking off the cuff. Uh but the reality is he's told mistruths from day one. day one. Yeah. And so it's kind of thousands nice. Thousands of thousands of them. Nice for me. I am now living in a uh, state where your vote actually is going to make a difference. Hmm. Uh, in Arizona. Yeah. It is now, uh, you know, it's been so red for so long mm-hmm. and now it's not. Yeah. I don't know if it's people like me have moved there. You know, that may be. Uh, there was... You know, a Trump sign across the street and a Trump sign on the corner and a Trump sign on the other across the street and then one next door. I put up my Biden. Well, well, the demographics of the country are changing, you Mm -hmm. know, and they have been obviously since the beginning. But, uh, you know, things are definitely changing. You can't necessarily count out a state as being one way or the other anymore, you know. 70 to 80 percent of people want Medicare for all. I mean, and and um, in just Republicans, it's over 50 percent if you don't call it Medicare for all. Hmm. If you call it something else that it, you know, right. Goes up, well, that's so. like that's like the Affordable Care Act, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when Obamacare. the Republicans decided to call it Obamacare. And I think uh, President Obama very savagely said, yeah, if they want to say Obama cares, I'm happy. <laughs> to, I, care. I do care, you know, yeah. so that's fine. But, you know, when they asked Republicans if they supported that, they said no. They asked them, do they support the Affordable Care Act? They said yes. So obviously the misinformation Mm -hmm. was, you know, being fed to them that uh, they they just didn't understand, uh, you know, one thing was being, you know, uh, denigrated by their media. And the other thing, you know, was kind of flying under the radar. But it was the same thing. Yeah, it was. And and my neighbors across the street that are Trump supporters, they're really nice people. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Uh, but they were insisting to me that they had uh, government insurance because right. they were, they had Obamacare. I said, well, that's not government insurance. I mean, you're still getting private insurance. Right. And they just watch Fox. That's the only news they watch. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, that's incorrect. Uh, I said, I'm on Medicare. But that isn't government insurance either. It's I can, but I can go to any doctor I want. Yeah, you know that. You know what I mean. So it it. But it is sponsored. But it is yeah. sponsored yeah. by that. By but it government. isn't yep. the government doing it. Right. It's, you know, it's single payer is what it is. It's yes. Single payer. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah. So people get confused by what something is called. That's true. Yeah, and when yeah. it comes to, I think there's confusion too uh, about what Medicare for all would do, in that it's insurance for all. It's not, uh, you know, the government running the yeah. hospitals or the doctors. They're still working for private organizations. Right. They're just there's a insurance uh, for everybody at that right. point. And yeah. it should be, you know, it's insane to have your health care tied to your job. True. People, I know uh, with COVID, 
people have died because they didn't want to lose their health care, but they died from COVID because their of their job put them hmm. in that position. And uh, you know, right there, we could have eliminated thousands of tens of thousands of deaths if they had had single payer insurance instead of uh, being forced to to keep their job and catching COVID. Well, you know, the other thing about healthcare is we pride ourselves in this country on being innovators and uh, entrepreneurs and people that, you know, pull themselves up from their bootstraps and start their own business right. and go their own way. But think about how many They're people that are being restricted and sticking with a job that they don't want or maybe they like it, but they would much rather go their own way, right. start their own business, create jobs themselves uh, as an innovator, as an entrepreneur. But they can't because they can't afford the health care and they're afraid of being without insurance. And because it's tied to our the jobs, you know, we don't we don't have that innovation, that growth right. that we say that we want, that we pride ourselves on. Because of that, you know, because of healthcare being tied to right. our jobs, yeah, yeah. So, I personally, when people say they want it to go back the way it was, I don't want it to go back the way it was. I want us to be better. You know, I want the these things, this opportunity to be innovative, sure, and to do things yeah. differently. Yeah, I mean, I and I think as uh, as a people, we can do that. Yeah, we, you know, just stop all this nonsense. And you know, like I said, I like my neighbors across the street. Our political views are, are very different. And I think I honestly think that they will on their own come around to understanding some of the mistakes they've made. <laughs> but that's my that's my prejudice. I get it. Um, you know? Yeah, no, but, it's 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 hard to say because we're, we're so divided, we're so polarized, uh we we are so politically indoctr- indoctrinated in this country that you know it's really hard to think what could you see the the Trump supporters now and there's still plenty of them, you know, and it makes you I wonder think. where what line would he have to cross to lose them? And he I, I has said know. that he could shoot a person <laughs> and he Definitely. wouldn't lose one supporter. And you know what? At well, the time, I thought, you know, that's crazy. But now, after living under a Trump presidency where he's broken norm after norm after norm after norm uh, and said so many racist things, um, I I wonder, is there a line? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that, uh, what was it, Voltaire said, uh, if if someone can talk you into doing uh, absurd, I forget the Gosh, I wish I could remember exactly. Uh, uh, absurdities. Mm-hmm. If they can get you to believe in absurdities, they can get you to do really horrendous things. I've, I've correct Just me. Call in. There. I paraphrase. You're paraphrasing. That's fine. I paraphrase it. But the idea is, if if you if you can be convinced of something stupid, mm-hmm. then you'll do atrocities. You know. So that's um, yeah. We've seen that, yeah. haven't we? It was called Nazi Germany. So uh, I don't want to see us, uh, you know, go full full fledged into uh, that kind of a government into fascist. Right. Uh, there isn't an organization called Antifa. There is not an organization, uh, but it's just loosely organized people. People that some know each other, some don't, uh, that are against fascism. That's as simple as it is. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, we have got to stop all of this fear mongering. That's that's just so. I I'll do my little part right here on the Susan Harmon Experience. Don't fear monger. Love each other, even if you don't agree. So, sure, cool. I agree with that. All right, I think we're going to take a short break. Let's do it. All right, you're listening to Susan Harmon Experience and Alternative Talk Radio. You're invited to Returning to the One, an all-cultural retreat stemming from the single thread that traveled the four directions and now unifies. Through energy work with fire, water, earth, and air, both individually and in group, the five participants will evolve. Reserve space for early bird discounts because space is truly limited to five participants. This retreat takes place in sunny Arizona during January for a four-day in-resort setting with private pools. 
Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com for more information. That's Susan at SusanHarmon.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Pamela Osley with her insights of the future based on deep spiritual work and her connection with the spiritual realm. On Saturday, Neil McNeil returns with news about the upcoming Port Gamble Ghost Conference and how you can participate without even leaving your home. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, where I'm waiting patiently. Oh, that was a Proofs my point. Choice song. Uh, <laughs> God, it's been years since I've heard that song. D- Jimmy Davis's version. Jimmy Davis, of there's yeah. a new yeah. moon over my shoulder. There's a new moon. And apparently we've got a new moon, right? New moon today. That's it. Beautiful. So uh, I understand we've got uh, an f- old friend of mine. Uh, I was in a little documentary that he made 10 years ago, uh, Joe Garner. Uh, some of you may know him as the producer of The Joker, uh, more recent work he's done. Um, and uh, I think we've got him on the line. We can uh, hear what uh, he can he, grad, congratulating Susan on her seventh anniversary. Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we've got Joe Garner on the line. Uh, this is our anniversary show. Um, it's really good to talk to you. Really great to talk to you, Susan. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, well, um, you've been busy. You've been busy uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, expanding the family, huh? That is true. We got number two uh, coming in December. A little sedged, huh? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a pretty crazy uh, year for, for everyone and, and, and for us as well, you know, just with being out of work or working from home, working remotely, and being able to be around my daughter, who in the beginning of the pandemic, she had two baby teeth. Now she has 12. So it's a, it's a good <laughs> passage of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So but she's you, keeping me on my toes, for sure. So what have you been able to do? Because I'm, are you producing now? And you're, you know, what all are you, what all are you up to? Well, my last creative project kind of um, perfectly coincided right before uh, the unfortunate pandemic hit. Um, I was an executive producer on The Joker. Um, so we filmed that in New York, um, obviously way before the pandemic, and spent you know, all of uh, you know, the year before and last year editing the film and then releasing it um, last October. Uh, in the theaters, and by the time the movie was out and all the award shows were done, basically like a few weeks after that was when the first you know reported COVID cases hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of since then, um, in Los Angeles and of course around the country, like the whole industry pretty much shut down immediately, um, and a, a lot of uncertainty, like people not sure of. Is this just going to be a few weeks, a few months? Like, where do we go from here? It'll magically go away in April when the weather warms up. Right, exactly. (laughs) Hearing all those takes um, and just kind of not knowing. Um, So we just kind of, my wife and I are both working out of the house. We both, you know, started working remotely. Um, You know, it was a crazy and and scary time for for everyone, Um, but also was a, it was a great opportunity to really just get to spend those valuable hours with, with our daughter, you know, like who, you know, like we'd see her in the morning and then kind of go off to work and come back for, for dinner and put her down. But like, you know, that sort of magical age when she's learning to to walk and learning to talk and, and just kind of being able to be here with, with her. So I feel like um, family has been like kind of the biggest project in my life this past year um i'm still working and and we're developing scripts and i'm writing a a script myself and trying to find time to uh to be creative um because i think that for me that's something that really helps you know ground me and and gives me a little bit of sanity in this crazy time um but kind of yeah just the the biggest sort of life event this year is 
is just being with our daughter and and my wife being pregnant with uh, with our second kid. That's fantastic. What kind of a script are you writing? So it's it's not quite ready, like in my head, in terms of like giving you a, a full <laughs> like like breakdown of, of what it is, but it, it sort of tries to um, to take a lot of the themes that I've been thinking about, a lot of the, the things that I'm experiencing and witnessing like in the country, especially this past year with, you know, kind of a, a realignment of social justice and equality and, and finding like a really personal story throughout that and about, you know, just like, who we are as people and like the choices and actions that we we take in our lives that kind of determine a lot and determine like who is in our immediate social circle and who's in the next circle outside of that. And who are the people that are kind of pushed to beyond that? And, and that it's never too late to kind of reinvent yourself and reset. And, and just because we're on a path and if we don't like that path, um, you know, like for me in my own life, I've always kind of used that as an opportunity of like, oh, I wish I would have done X. Um, okay, well, I didn't do that 10 years ago, but there's no reason I can't start now. So kind of the lead character is going through a, a bit of this reckoning. <laughs> um, but it's a comedy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying to yeah. do a movie with a lot of like, uh, maybe a little bit heavier thematic elements, but like doing it in a way that's a little bit more palatable um, and entertaining. So that's that's kind of what I'm juggling uh, with my own work right now. Well, and and basically it's life. I mean, you know, it's you know the masks, the drama, and the and the you know the comedy. I mean, it's the same thing. It's all about timing. Right. <laughs> yep, all about exactly. Time. It's the same face. Just depends on the perspective. And I think you're right. It is life and. I think a lot of people might look at this past year uh, as a as a pretty you know horrifying movie if we were in a movie um, of just like it's kind of surreal, um, but it's also kind of like put a lot of things into perspective and it's kind of like for me at least it's pretty hard to like kind of keep track of everything that's going on, um, so to just kind of like refocus um, on myself, on my family, on my loved ones and kind of put my energy on things that I have a bit more uh, personal control over and less of like, just like the chaoticness around me. While at the same time realizing like there is, you know, a higher being and a, and a just a, a creative energy force all around us that, right. that, you know, things are just constantly moving. They're like, that's kind of like the one constant in life that there's like change is inevitable and we'll never kind of be in changes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never be in this, this place for better or worse, um, forever. You know, it's like, it's, it's constantly moving. And I think, you know, just like being able to like slow down. And I think my daughter helps me with that a lot. Cause you know, as you know, like when there's a, a young kid experiencing something for the first time, like eating into a plum, and just like the excitement in her eyes, it's just like, wow, like so many things that, you know, we all just take for granted, the taste of a, a piece of fruit, it's like, oh, it's good, but you don't think about it. It's like really kind of like trying to look at the world through her eyes as, as much as I can. It's, it's, I know that when my older daughter was a baby and she reached out and touched the bark on a tree and I, I looked at it like I hadn't, I'd never seen it before, the way she was looking at it. You know, I mean, it does. It, a parenting uh, recreates you. Yeah, that's well said, totally. It was well said, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, Susan, that's, that's one of your gifts. I don't know if, um, if we've talked about this on the last time I was on your show, but like just a little uh, refresher course, Susan and I, we first met, I think it was December of 2008. Yep. I was doing a little project called Craigslist Joe, where I had kind of set out to, um, you know, this was a time that the, the country and the world was going through a pretty tough economic downturn. Like, at the time, people didn't know how bad it was going to be, so it was, it was pretty scary for a lot of people. And it was basically just like, wow, what would happen if I lost everything? Um, 
is there enough, you know, goodwill out there uh, and, and kindness of others that I could kind of get by? So I kind of set out there with, with no money, no contacts in my cell phone, you know, just a toothbrush and a passport. Uh, and I just kind of went out via Craigslist and found people to interact with. And, and I met Susan um, pretty early on in my trip, which I'm so glad I did. Um, I had gotten up to Seattle and I saw, you know, a posting for your co-op and, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this to you in the past once before, like in my sort of normal world, just being totally honest, I might not have like stopped inside the co-op to check it out. It's like, we're all busy. It's like, but I'm like, you know what, this is a month to experience new things and just like being there with you, like literally changed <laughs> the entire course of my journey. It literally gave me this perspective and this sort of like centering for when I was experiencing some, some tougher times later on that I kind of like kept going back to that place in my head. And you and your family were just so generous and, and I stayed with you guys for a few days and just like, it's just like the warmth of that whole experience with you and your family like really stayed with me not only throughout the entire trip, um, throughout the documentary, but now what, what are we like 12, <laughs> 12 years later, um, oh still, yeah. still friends. I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Well, yeah, I know Rachel gave you a hat and gloves, which came in real handy because you were going. Oh yeah. To in New York. <laughs> that was, uh, that was a uh, pretty, uh, pretty key to, to have those things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, I appreciate uh, what you had to say, and you made an impression on me, too. I mean, I, I know that maybe I'm going off here, but I'm, I, I've never experienced my own work. And when I sat in the movie theater in, in Seattle, and, uh, I t and, you know, and everybody laughed when I put crystals in your hands, right, in the movie, because it is pretty hokey, you know, in, in terms of what people are normally used to. But when I right. started... Owning the audience went dead silent, and I felt yes, yes, I love that moment. Oh my god! I turned around to my friend Alana and I went, "Wow, did you feel that?" She said, "Yeah," and I went, "Wow, that I'm really good." <laughs> I mean, honestly, like the uh, the way that that scene was put together was was pretty like in sync with like how I was experiencing. it experiencing it in real time because I'm like okay um I've never done this I have no idea what to expect and you started chanting I was under the copper pyramid and like within moments I was pretty much transformed and, and I it was kind of the first time I've had this sort of out-of-body experience and and felt like more myself than I ever have so at the same time and yeah you're right when when you're watching that scene like people are kind of at, at first, like, what are we supposed to feel? Oh, is this sort of a, a comedic moment exactly. where he's interacting with someone? And then it's just like, there is that moment, you're right, where everyone, and I've seen this, the film, different settings with different people in different theaters around the country. And it's like kind of universal, like that moment from laughter to like, oh, wow, we're experiencing something, something here. <laughs> like, that's pretty, that's pretty profound. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my first interaction with you all those years ago, and and here you are, you know, now with your show and and all the the things you're doing with helping people, and you're in your what thirteenth year of this this show or the seventh year of the show yeah. since two thousand thirteen, um, yeah. and just like looking back and like you know looking obviously a lot has changed in our lives and you know, in the world around us and. And there are things that remain constant. Um, so I like being able to kind of look back and reminisce and, and see where I'm at uh, in my life today. Well, I think you're in a pretty good place. Uh, you have a wonderful wife. Uh, you have one and getting ready to have a second wonderful child. And I'm really, really happy for you. I'm, I really am uh, sincerely happy that you're having a good life. Thank you so much. And, you know, like you've you've like completely inspired me and just like watching you be um, not one thing, which I think is so, uh, so unique in this day of like so many people are defined by their careers or what they do. And I've always like had the impression from you that because you're so like 
multi-hyphenated um, and so talented, um, being a screenwriter and and a healer and a host and and someone that just is so in touch with with connectivity and energy that it's like you're just such a, a, a fully complete being. And I mean that in the most sincere way. Um, and I really value our friendship. I value it as well. And you've just either built my ego up to where it'll crash. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, it's like, all true. I mean, it, it's like I could say that with the utmost sincere, you know, words because it's like it's just coming from such a place of, of truth and um, and lasting effects. I mean, a lot of people don't know, just like listening to us, that we spent, I think it was like three days together 12 years ago. I mean, like just three days, you know, like that's not a lot of time um, to have this lasting relationship, I think, um, speaks a lot. Um, and just, you know, watching how you've expanded and, and transformed is, is really amazing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of a country and Western song. God is great. Beer is good. And people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't know the people that impact you the most. You may just meet them for a moment. You see, do you know know what I mean? If you don't know what, what you'll do that affects somebody. Yeah. I think that's that's a good lesson to kind of keep in mind as we're as we're all kind of going through this crazy transformative time um, to kind of like keep an open mind, keep our keep our eyes open um, and, you know, like interact with with people, obviously right now at a safe distance. But, um, you know, there's a lot of pain going on and, you know, we're all going through a lot, um, a lot of changes and turmoil, but like trying to embrace, you know, the positive things that are, you know, in our lives and, and knowing that the person you're interacting with might have a harder time than you're having and just kind of being open right. and mindful right. and seeing how able to affect you as well. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot to do something to help someone else. It really doesn't. And I think any one of us can do it. Sometimes a smile is all a person needs. I mean, seriously, it's the littlest things that can help somebody. Yeah, I, I, that reminds me of a story. Um, this was probably like four years ago. My wife and I were walking down the street in Los Angeles, and we walked you know, right past a, a gentleman walking towards us, and my wife just said hello to him. And he literally stopped in his tracks, and I'm thinking like, oh, this guy must know her from somewhere. And he said, I'm sorry, but I've lived in Los Angeles for I think it was like 15 years, mm-hmm. and you're the first person I walked past that said hello, and I really appreciate it. And like that made us both cry. <laughs> I was just wow. like, wow. wow. Um, and so you're right. It's like the small things. It's the big things. And I think um, one thing I've experienced and realized is like, you know, I've, I've always used an excuse of like, oh, I don't have time to do this or to help out this. But like, it's it's amazing. Like when you do give yourself to others and like help people out, it actually energizes you. Well, it's kind of a, yes. a, a rare thing. <laughs> it's like you're kind of also getting the benefit. Yeah, if you're depressed, go help somebody. I'm serious. It works. Yep. It really works. Okay, really listen, we've been, we've been, we could keep talking forever. I know. But we're, we're, we, we got So I really, I really appreciate this and thank you. For, for doing this for our anniversary show because it means a lot to me. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. That was that was great. Um, yeah, Joe is a, a very special person. Uh, he's come a long way in his career. I mean, I met him when he was making Craigslist Joe. It was a little documentary. And uh, he worked for, uh, I never say his name right, Zach Galifianakis. I did it. Yes, Zach Galifianakis. You got it correct. Yes, woohoo! He worked for his production company on the Hangover movies, you know, and all all of that. And then, you know, and and like I said, a couple of years ago, you know, he called me and uh, we were talking, and and he says, "Oh, I'm in New York. I'm making this movie on this uh, comic book character." I said, "Oh, yeah, that's cool." And uh, then after uh, Alder and I finished the script in March, you know, finished the screenplay. I said, yeah, he made some movie. I don't know. It's a comic book character. She 
goes, she a little bit later, she calls me back. She goes, uh, Susan, that movie he made was The Joker. I said, oh, oh, that, well, that's interesting. Yeah, he <laughs> was know? the yeah. uh, executive producer on Joker. Yeah. Which yeah. was a massive hit. Massive hit. Yep. And, uh, and no one could deserve that more than him. I mean, you want to meet someone that's authentic and coming from the heart. You know, a friend of mine said, oh, he probably just said, you know, he didn't have time for this because he, he was putting you off. I said, no, he's he wouldn't. He He's all about family. He's all about his. I mean, you know, he told me that of all the people in that movie, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I'm going to anyway. The one person that his mother and sister wanted to meet was me. You know, but he um, is so real and so honest and I couldn't wish more uh, success on for anyone that I've that I've known, and it's true that sometimes you just you meet someone and it's for a very short period of time, but they still impact on you, you know. And I I'm so happy he loves the screenplay I wrote. Woohoo! <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm 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 actually working on uh, another film. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing some. I'm really actually getting into film, and and which isn't surprising because look at Melinda Rabine, friend of mine, friend of the show, couldn't do something because she's out, you know, out of town. Uh, film, Alder, she's in film. I mean, you know, five generations back in my family, show business. My, you know, my great grandmother worked the Orpheum circuit. Uh, my grandparents were in vaudeville. Uh, my great my grandfather was Mickey Rooney's father's partner in a comedy team. They did burlesque all up and down the West Coast. So you know it's in the blood. <laughs> you know, it's in the blood. So, you know it's back there. And Mickey uh, Rooney was quite a character. Mickey Rooney was quite a character. He and my mother played. She, my mother was in the Our Gang comedy. Pudgy Hayes. Wow. Her name. Yeah, she wasn't one of the main characters, but, uh-huh. but she was a character in 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 those back in, and uh, she was in Eric von Stronheim's movie Storm, and my mother said everybody that lived in Hollywood was in that movie, <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but in my family, everything was just taken for granted. You know, I was like, oh yeah, you learned something, you did something. My mom used to say that. Back in the back in the day in Hollywood, they say, "Can you ride a horse?" Sure, I can ride a horse because it was a job. Where's the front? <laughs> you know? so, yeah, you always said you could do it because it was a job. Right. You know? So and then, if you got that job, you try and learn. Then it you real learn quick. how yeah. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I actually did that with a bookkeeping job. I said, "Sure, I can do it." Well, I figured there had to be one column where you put money in and one column where you took money out. I didn't know what they were called. But, you know, I figured, how hard could it be, you know? So my basic life philosophy has been, how hard can it be? Some things may be a little harder than others. Yeah. But give it a shot, you know. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? You failed. So what? You know, and I think that people sometimes get so afraid they won't do it right that they won't succeed, they don't give themselves a chance. You know, what have you done in your life, Eric, that that you didn't think you could do and, and you found out you could? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a stumper right yeah, there. Yeah, it is, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Did you always love music? I I did, yeah. I've always loved music and uh I, I, you know, I couldn't play guitar <laughs> for a long time. And uh, even though I, I started when I uh, was taking lessons in high school, actually, we, it was a class offered in our high school. And I wasn't very good uh, at the time. And I kind of gave up on playing guitar. And I said, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to be a singer <laughs> here and let other people <laughs> do, that. do that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, after high school, I, I started picking it up again and, um, got a tuner because I couldn't tune by ear, unfortunately, wow. and that made a huge difference and then just kept on doing it. And now I, I think now I'm it's a easy. pretty decent guitarist. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, but see, you, you, but you, you went ahead and did it. Yeah. No, That's I, it. I thought That's there's, it right there. there's no way I was going to be able to sing and play guitar at the same time. So why, why even bother with the guitar? But over time, I was able to do it. 
there was like a little mental block thing that I had to get through. Yeah, I think that uh, for me, you know, the the mental blocks get fewer and fewer, and I'm like, I can do it. That's and if good. I, and if I can't, I'll find out quickly enough. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, no, always a new adventure. My mother was like that. My mother started a new career at age 75 as a uh, cabaret singer. Wow. And that was the full houses and standing ovations. My sister tells this story that my mother, 75 years old, and there's this young guy, probably about 30, sitting there in front, and she starts singing to him. And he's like, what? And boy, by the time she got to the end of the song, he rose to his feet just applauding, you know, I mean, because she was so good. She was just so good. And she emoted. And uh, she didn't give up. She did. She said, well, I can do that. You know? So I'm just saying that for the people in the audience to know you have an opportunity at any point in your life to do what you've always wanted to do. Nothing says you can't try, but it also nothing says you're going to succeed. <laughs> but but just doing doesn't it mean is success. That it, yeah, yeah. Just the fact that Things you Things are try. worth trying. Sure. Yeah. Always I'll give it your best shot, baby. Well, which is what you did when you signed on to do this show seven years ago. And I'm sure it's been a learning experience, uh, but uh, it's definitely something that uh, you the role you've grown into as a talk show host. uh. Well, and Manson Mitchell, thank them. Yeah, I did their summer, their summer for them. And, uh, you know, I haven't talked to Gary and Suzanne, but uh, shout out to them because they're the ones who got me here. Right. And got me going. And uh Boy, and stay, listen to Manson Mitchell, man. They're, sure. They're, they're great. And Trip Talk coming up right after this show with Gary Manson with Gary as Mance. the host. And we've actually got a special celebrity guest today, Joanne Worley wow. from uh, Laugh-In. So yeah, that that'll be a, a lot show. of fun. Goldie Hawn, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, for those of us who remember it as small infants <laughs> watching it. <laughs> So anyway, it has been wonderful to be here in Seattle with you. I head back to Arizona. We will continue next week with more people that want to congratulate us on our anniversary. So we'll hit the other half of, of 18. We're doing it on the 16th. We'll do it on the 23rd. So That's right, yeah. We'll, 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 we will. And I know the show is going to be jam-packed next week. So let me just now, as we have a minute here, say congratulations to you. And, you know, you were very kind uh, with your words for me at the uh, beginning of the show. And I want to reciprocate that, that uh, it's been a pleasure working with you these last seven years. And I've really uh, been happy to see how much you've grown into this role as a, a great talk show host. And uh, and I've very much enjoyed being along for the ride uh, with you, with the Susan Harmon experience. It's been a good partnership. We've been dancing along together. We've been for seven dancing years. along together and we're going to keep on dancing.